ladies and gents, welcome back to Newton's Nuggets. I don't even know what week it is. I don't even know what day it is. Um, uh, this show is coming out on the 21st don't, of April. Don't say it. Don't say when it's coming out. You know it's going to turn into a lie. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. Um, yeah. We've had we've had scheduling issues. We, But actually, do you know what? This has proved why we why we always record a few in advance. I say a few, that is also a lie. We record them in advance and then we try to slot them in at the right and appropriate time. Um, we, it's just gone nuts. It's gone weird and it's gone nuts. But you know what? We've got the new Newton's Nuggets cartoon man. He's cool. Um, and my solicitor has said not to say little poorly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we dropped that weeks ago. We, we did. But, you know, it annoyed the legal people, so I thought I'd say it again. Because, <laughs> well, it's our show. What are they going to do? Um, so, today's show is all about a lovely friend of mine. She's absolutely she's brilliant. I know her because of the entertainment world, and I've seen her on stage singing, dancing, performing, acting. She's amazing. But she's also written a book that is just stunning. I mean, this, do you know what? I, I, I don't want to tell you too much about her because I'm kind of worried that I'll kill it all off. But I will tell you this. The book is, oh, I'm going to worry that I'm going to get this wrong now. A Girl's Guide to Being Fearless. And I do. Yeah. Yeah, you got it right. Yay! Do you know what? That was so important. I just panicked. I was going to get it wrong. And the author's name is Susie Lavington. I've known Susie for far too long. Um, we've both been in the entertainment world. We both know each other from our starting points in the entertainment world. And you know what? She is just one of the loveliest people you could ever meet. And she is now on a mission to help people be themselves. Um, Jesse, anything you want to put into this one? Uh, prepare to have your heart warmed. Uh, mate, I love doing this interview. I finished this. It was one really nice, and, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I finished this one and just felt so. We, we've had some. Uh, we've had some quite tough to listen to episodes in the past. Yeah, and this one, this one really uh, left me feeling warm and fuzzy after we. Do you know what? It, right, so right. Actually, you're welcome. Everyone. If you're listening to this, whatever you're doing, okay. If you're out walking the dogs, fine. Okay. If you're doing something nice and relaxing, fine. If you're doing something stressful, stop it. Okay. To those people that are doing something stressy right now, stop. What I want you to do is I want you to go and make a cup of uh, no hot chocolate or a cup of tea. Maybe not coffee. That might wind you up a bit too much. Hot chocolate, tea. Have a sit down. Have a relax. Join us in this for a little while. Then go back to your stress afterwards. Okay. Sit down, relax. Give yourself a hug while you're listening to the show. That's funny, and I can't say why. Well, don't then. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gents, here is Susie Lavington. Newton's Nuggets. This quick advert is all about netprimates.com. 
Now, Net Primates, they do everything related to IT. They do IT support, they do Microsoft 365, they do cybersecurity, and they do connectivity. Now, the big one for me is cybersecurity. I've chatted with the owner of this company, and he really knows his stuff. So please go and have a look at netprimates.com. That's N-E-T-P-R-I-M-A-T-E-S.com. Okay, so this is a massive thank you to Dom Fenton of the Activity Connector. Now, Dom was one of our guests a little while ago, and he spoke about how sport can help stop suicides in teenagers. Dom is now working his backside off, trying to get as many kids and as many teenagers into sport as possible. Please go and have a look at what he's up to at theactivityconnector.com. Just go and have a look. We'll even put a link in the description. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. And thank you so much for listening to me and Jesse drivel on when it's just us two. Now, I'm really excited about today's show. This is, do you know what? This is possibly one of the oldest buddies that I've had on here. Not in as she's old, but she's known me for far too long. Um, We actually knew each other when we were teenagers. And we've kept in touch because of Facebook and social media and all of that stuff. And she's a fellow entertainer. And right, she can hear what I'm saying right now. So hopefully she won't tell me to sort off in a minute. But I love this lady to bits. And she has done something absolutely phenomenal. She's brought out a book, uh, A Girl's Guide to Being Fearless. And the reviews have been astonishing, okay? The fact that one of my old buddies is helping women go through stuff that I'll never understand, okay? And that's the be all and end. I will never fully get it. But this girl, and do you know what? I'm just going to introduce you. Ladies and gents, please say hello to Susie Lavington. Susie, hello. Oh, hello, my darling. Hello, hello. Oh, uh, man, like I, I, I still want to give you a massive cuddle right now, but it's... Uh, it, Oh. We said that a few minutes ago, didn't we? Before we went yeah. live. And yeah. Paul, I could listen to you speak all the time, particularly when you say nice things like that. So, yeah, carry on. <laughs> Mate, just go to the Newton's Nuggets new website and you can you can listen to my dodgy voice making bad jokes as often as you like. Right, you're coming with me on my walk tomorrow, okay? That's a done deal. <laughs> Do you know what? We've got, I get feedback from people who tell me when they're listening to the show and we've got people going, it's a dog walking show. We've got people going, it's a driving show. We got, it's, I love the fact that people are just going, and it's Paul Newton time. Let's listen now. It's just weird. It's wonderful, isn't it? Just being able to carry whoever you want to around in your pocket. I'm listening at the moment we're doing the house up and I'm listening to Philip Schofield. Uh, which is, I just never thought that I'd uh, that I'd put that into Audible. But there the he is. Ray Fox, he's such a smoothie. <laughs> he, is. he is, but I'd rather have you, Paul. So that's my tomorrow's listen. <laughs> right, Jesse, if you heard, I need that as a clip it. I, I just need that as a little snippet. I'd rather have you, Paul. That's it, okay? I'm good. We're done. And ladies and gents, that's the end of the show. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> good night. <laughs> so, right. No, I've warned you about the first question. Okay, I know that I know you and I love you to bits. My listeners might not know you. I know that's just, you know, astounding and hardly even possible. But if there was a listener listening who hasn't met you and hasn't seen your book, could you please explain to them why they should listen to me and you chatting away for the next half hour or 45 minutes? Oh, gosh, you couldn't start with a bigger question, could you? 
Uh, well, I am. Yeah, we're old buddies, that's for sure. Um, so I was an actor, a performer. I know you said it. Uh, and I kind of made an, an almost living through my 20s as an actor. Um, but I suffered from crippling nerves, crippling nerves. And I let opportunity after opportunity pass me by as a result. And I think that the kind of turning point came for me when I had an audition for the Royal Shakespeare Company. So I'm just a massive, it was a lifelong ambition at the time. Yeah. And it was going well when I had the script. So we all, I think we were given Henry V, the prologue or, or something like that to, to rehearse. And I'm good when I can rehearse. And then in the afternoon, they whipped the script away and we were given a current affairs topic to talk about. And I fell to pieces. I felt I couldn't prepare. I was exposed. And that was it. I just thought I have to get a hold of these nerves because at that moment I could see the lights turn out in all the sort of RSC bods that were really excited, that had been excited because of my performance in the morning. They were just like, oh, oh yeah, she's, well, she's not actually that good. And I just thought, right, I have to get on top of this. And so I think I just went on a quest for about 10 years, just going to every training I could, you know, going to more auditions, putting myself out of my comfort zone, soaking everything up, podcasts, you know, speak other speakers. And I think I uncovered so many gems that began to really help me with my confidence and my self-esteem. Uh, and then this opportunity came along to write a book. So it started off as a workshop first that I delivered in schools to teenage girls. And now it's become a book, A Girl's Guide to Being Fearless. Yeah, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. Right, okay, you've you've kind of knocked me for six there because I know you as this confident, bubbly, I can go on stage and show people what I can do. And I, I've seen you do it. And I've seen you just be an amazing performer. And for you to turn around to me and say, I had crippling anxiety about, and it, it's about preparation and it's about not feeling prepared already. Okay, I'll tell you something that, that still messes my head up. Um, I absolutely freak out if somebody says I have to learn a script. I can't yeah. do it. I'm rubbish at scripts, which is probably why I now do a one-man show and I walk out on stage and I just start with, good evening, I'm Paul. And that's all I know that I'm going to do. Paul, that, I mean, the thought of that is funny, isn't it? It's like having a left and a right brain. You know, some people are just very good at maths and numbers yeah. and some very good at languages and often the two don't cross over. I think it's very much like that. I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I've just actually signed up to a, another public speaking uh, course because I've been delivering so much content over the past few years. I haven't actually invested anything in my own development. And I'm still getting called out by this wonderful teacher. And she's saying, Susie, you're still performing. Performing. you're still preparing in your head what you have to say and you're not letting yourself be vulnerable so for me I still like prep I'm a real prepper and I feel comfortable when I've got a script in a few hours or, or a couple of days and the thought of just going out to an audience it still scares me I've still got massive development to do so I think you're one or the other and it's so interesting Paul because I speak to so many performers that people that you would never realize had these issues. But it's, I think it's more common in performers and entertainers than you realize. Because when you're not comfortable in your own skin, I think often the easiest way through that or the quickest relief is to jump into someone else's. Yeah, be a different character completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you on that. And 
when you consider um right i walked away from acting and musicals oh my word 20 years ago now and for me to go back and do a part that involves a script the director or the cast that someone has to be a really good friend okay because otherwise i'm just going no it's not happening it's not me anymore um so i i walked away from that 20 years ago now wow and but it's a weird relief isn't it when you don't have to be you when you're not being you in front of those possibly thousands of people that are watching the, the criticism doesn't matter because they're not criticizing you they're criticizing the character and the way the director has told you to play it yeah that's an interesting way to look at it that is interesting i've had to really detach myself from re reviews and feedback anyway i think it's just a self-preservation thing you kind of get accustomed and sometimes you don't but i've had to just kind of go you know I, I've walked into a theatre and sat spellbound by a performance, sat next to a friend, walked out and gone, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And the person sat next to me has gone, are you kidding? <laughs> like it was, that was awful. I would never go again. So I, I think, I think, was it Wayne Dyer? So I listened to a bit of Wayne Dyer, have been recently. And he said that he released a book. I don't know. And, and Wayne Dyer's not around anymore. So this was years and years ago. And he said he got fan mail from one woman just saying it was literally it's changed my life, this book. And on the same day, he got another letter from someone saying, what drivel. <laughs> and he packaged up the fan letter and wrote at the bottom of it, you could be right. And sent it to the guy who'd written the bad review and did exactly the same with the other one and sent the bad review to the one who sent the good review. Again, you could be right. This idea that actually, you know, it is what it is. It's like I'm, I'm, I stay away from the reviews of the book as much as I, I really appreciate people writing them. And I love it when people get in touch, but I kind of have to just separate myself. It's done. It's out there. Hopefully it's doing its thing and it's helping loads of people, but I can't change anything now. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing to not let, let it in here, right? <laughs> yeah. And I've got to be honest with you, releasing the book, it felt like I was giving away too much of me. Right. Then, Tell me more about that. But, but, no, this is about you. I've told you, you're not doing that. Okay, we're not doing this about me today. Ah, oh, she's good. Jesse. she's good. Edit that bit out. That's not fair. <laughs> but, but, right, I love the idea of your book. I, I haven't read it, and I'm going to explain to you why, okay? And I'm going to change this. I, I have to change this. I haven't read it because I'm scared. I haven't read it because I'm the dad of a 12 year old girl and I see some of the stuff that she's going through. Mm. And I just think I have no idea what's going on and I will never have any clue of what's going on in her world. But even just chatting to you for five minutes, I'm thinking, actually, I need to have some clue. Because if I can read it and read it honestly and, and put myself through reading it, Maybe if she comes up to me and just needs a cuddle, I'll be there for the right time. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, Paul, you know, because I, I think it's, so. book number two is in the, it, it is sort of the cogs are turning for that and pitching and all that sort of stuff at the moment. And I think that will 
go towards an older audience where I'll cover certain topics that you're probably worried that are in the book as it is at the moment. So this one really is pitched at sort of 11 upwards. So I've had to be really careful about what topics I cover. But really take away the teenage girl situations and anecdotes. And it is just a book about human emotion and, and the fearful ones particularly. So I've had, you know, feedback from older guys, you know, 60, 70 year old guys. Um, and, and lots of mums are reading it with their daughters as well. And have said, actually, I thought that it was, you know, I was reading it for, you know, Saffron or Mia or whoever. Uh, and actually it's, it's, I've taken lots from it myself. So it really is across the board, what I think teenage girls go through, it's different, particularly with social media. So they, lot, their experiences are, are different in certain areas. Um, but I think, you know, we're born, Paul, um, and this is in the book, with what Buddhists call your original face. So your pure you, no hang-ups, no embarrassment. And then as we go through life and primary school, it's kind of great and you've still got that tap of gushing enthusiasm for joy, uh, for, for life. But then when we get to sort of our, our tween, tween years, our sort of 11s and 12s, and we go to secondary school, we start to realise what other people think about us. And that all of a sudden becomes paramount and everything. And I think it is the same for, for boys. But there is something that happens with girls as they go through those teenage years, where it can be difficult to get that confidence back, I think more more so than for boys so there are definite differences but really we all have phobias we all have worries we all have self-esteem issues and we're all worried that you know if our reputation is damaged um then what that might mean for life you know and so it's it's very much a, a book about humans and, and the things they go through do you know what you're, you're right you are spot on of course you are you're, you're the expert in this okay but me and my daughter we were having a chat a little while ago and it was about relationships with circles of people in school, outside school, in clubs. And, and she said to me, what did, what did you do in this situation, Dad? Now, I grew up in a West London school, uh, wasn't the best of areas, had some amazing people in it, some of them I'm still friends with. But I can honestly remember, if you had a gripe with another one of the blokes in your class, normally you'd punch each other and then you'd be best mates five minutes later. And I, and I said to her, but you don't live in that world. And she's like, oh, I'd be so much easier, Dad. And I literally, you would you'd have a scrap with someone. And then five minutes later, when the teacher is going, right, who did what? Who started it? Both of you would cover each other's backs and go, no, it's all good. It's all good. Nothing happened. We were playing. And you'd carry on. And you'd possibly be best mates the next day. But then I see attitudes of some of the kids now where they have a gripe and they let it carry on for months mm. it's like I, I i i wouldn't do well in that world yeah yeah and you know definitely social media has has multiplied that because of course we had and we, we hear this all the time right we had those hours at school and if school was hell we could come home and that was our respite and our refuge hopefully um but yeah. now it's, it is 24 7 i know kids that wake up in the middle of the night and they check their phones right and it, you know it is inescapable almost but i think if anything's come out of the past year especially and every all this craziness that we've all gone through it is that they will start folding mental health you know better mental health well-being um into the curriculum and that they become core subjects 
and that because it can't just be you know this sort of bullying thing that we're kind of talking about and there's a big old chapter about it in the book um but it can't just be a value on a wall or you know a, a, a reactionary uh, assembly when a school realizes it's a problem or you know a teacher addressing the issue it's got to be schools folding this into the way they do things this is our infrastructure okay so children have to you know, they can get all the math and the English and the science that they like. But if they come out of school limping and feel crushed and, you know, and less of a human, we need well-rounded human beings who leave their school careers being brilliant and respectful to themselves and each other and ready to take on the world, knowing they are as fantastic as they are, just as they are. So, you know, this whole sort of respect thing, it, it needs to be, a, you know, more of a, a central subject. Mate, I love you. I love what you've just said. Right. And you're right. What's the point of ending school with straight A's on every single subject if that person cannot communicate with another human being? Mm -hmm. What we've done is we've broken them before they've even got a chance to thrive. I think we have to be really careful. I mean, I totally get that. I absolutely do. I think what we have to be really careful with is the language that we use. So we're hearing lots now about this lost generation and kids that have gone through this and they're going to have real struggles catching up. What we have to do is be really mindful of the language we use and breathe belief into them. No, you know, yeah, you look at what you've just come through. You have resilience in spades, all right? You've got adults all around you that are going to be so, so, so supportive and understanding of what you've just come through. I know lots of, uh, particularly the exam years, the kids that are taking their exams at the moment are saying, yes, but it's not that simple. Everything's done on algorithms now and blah, blah, blah. But I do also think that you've got a whole generation of, of kids who have perhaps reconnected. It's been hard. It has been so, so hard, but reconnected with life a little bit more, you know, being able to spend more time with their families, get better life skills and all that sort of stuff that we now need to sort of pick up and bring with us into the years that, that follow. So actually, you know, I think it's that whole thing of kids will uh, and, and students and teenagers and young adults the bar that we set them and what we tell them is what they'll amount to, is what they'll become, is what they'll believe in themselves. Um, so we've, you know, we've got to really, really breathe that belief into them. And it's, it, it starts with us. I think you're so you know, you're right about, so what are you gonna say, Paul Darling? Sorry, I'm so, I was just saying, you're right. The language we are using is what's gonna go into their head and sit in their head and spin around in their head. It's, um, I love using language whenever I'm doing shows as well, because I can drop things into people's heads and make them believe that they picked the red bicycle at the end of the show when beforehand they weren't even thinking about it. So, so you're right. If we as adults and as parents and as teachers are walking around going, oh, they've lost a whole year, there's no chance. What are they going to believe? If, however, we talk to those students individually in groups, in assemblies and say to them, wow, have you seen how amazing you've done? You're the only kids that have done this and look how well you've handled it. And then they start going, we're special. We can do this. Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, it is everything, isn't it? And I know it's, it, this is, again, a saying that gets bounded, bounded about quite a bit. But the way you speak 
to your young people, and this is really important if you're an influence in any way in a young person's life, whether you're mum, dad, grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, the way you speak to them will become that inner voice. Um, and they have to do a lot of work if that inner voice is, is negative to unpick it. So, uh, so yeah, as often as possible, we need to make sure those voices are encouraging and nurturing and supporting and uplifting. Yeah, so, so this true. Is it. Back, in, back in when I used to use hypnosis a lot to help people that had fears of certain types, the amount of times that I would, they'd be in a relaxed state and I'd say, right, what voice are you hearing? And they would come up with somebody who was really influential when they were a kid. And it's like, this can't happen hundreds of times and it not to have a point. So it could be that teacher, it could be that parent, it could be a grandparent, it could, whoever it was that was influential. And the amount of times that person would hear that voice saying, oh, you'll never do that whilst it can come from a place of love because they don't want them to try and fail and get hurt the fact is if they are just constantly hearing you'll never that's what they believe mm. um, and a trick that I've used with a lot of people is I've reset their minds to hear that in Mickey Mouse's voice mm -hmm. because the amount of times that you go can, can you just imagine Mickey Mouse going hi hey, you'll never do that it's just stupid okay and therefore they can switch it off quick but if it's from somebody of influence it matters yeah hugely hugely and i think this whole thing of you know sort of and i make the differentiation in the book that self-esteem is your self-estimation that is a feeling you carry with you all the time confidence is about your belief in your abilities in certain situations so it's situation specific whereas oh that's nice <laughs> God, I'm glad that someone likes it. You, honestly, I think this is the one thing that I've really kind of picked up from all the research that I've done is that this self-esteem is your overall worth, your feeling of, of value. Um, and if you have high self-esteem, everything else I truly believe comes from that. So you will uh, need less validation, external validation. So handling yourself is easier, whether that be on social media or in real life. You will step outside of your comfort zone more often because you know if you fail at something, you just need to practice to get better. That is not you being a failure. Uh, kindness comes easier because you are you, there are no holes inside of you that you need to fill up by tearing someone else down to make yourself feel more powerful. Yeah, so everything comes from this whole being filled up with knowing whatever else happens, whatever else happens, you are all good. You are loved, you are valued, you are worthy. And this is, is, there is one thing we have to instill in our young people as early as possible. And particularly young women, this is the thing is that, you know, uh, you think about what's going on in the world. And, you know, what Kamala Harris has done, um, Kamala Harris has done, um, the amount of times I say that name and I say it wrong, <laughs> and I have to just play it back to myself. Kamala, like Pamela, Kamala Harris. You know, what she's done is amazing. And there are young women all over the world looking to her and realising what's possible. But one thing I can't get my head around is that we are deep into the 21st century now. And the fact that it is so groundbreaking that we have a female vice president in a America and you know the first Asian American vice president you know and in Britain you know look, you look at Britain and we've had two and let's yeah. you know let's be honest the, the second yeah. one that job was thrust upon her yeah so oh yeah she was oh. thrown into a into a poison chalice situation yeah and I just think so that there is still no country in the world where females are equal 
And it, that blows my mind. There are still no countries in the world where females are equal. And so as far as I'm concerned, we've got to get in there. When in those sort of tween years, those really awkward phases where a, a, a particularly, and like I said, this is as important with guys, but I think from a female perspective, having written the book I've written, you know, when you're reaching that age, your mind and your body are telling you to shrink. So we've got to get in there and say, right, put your head above the parapet. You have a voice. You have an opinion. You have to be heard. Yeah. You know, and you think about like the, Amanda Gorman, you know, and these sorts of voices that are coming out now, they shouldn't be diamonds that only appear every now and again. Right. We need to really instill this confidence and this self-esteem in our young people. As yeah, early right. as we we shouldn't be shocked when these people who are intelligent, they are clever, they are brilliant at what they're doing. We shouldn't be shocked that they're there. We should be at the point of, this is normal. Yeah, 100% agree, yes. So how do I get my daughter on your course to, to be as confident as she can be? <laughs> well, do you know, so the, the book is out, obviously, and out there and available. Oh, um, mate, I'm older. Oh, actually, do you know what? Right, on that, What's better? Is it better for somebody to go to a well-known online store and buy your book? Or is there a site that you control that sells your book? Yeah, so either. Absolutely either. You can get signed copies, very important, uh, from... Oh, yeah, uh, oh, stop. I want that. <laughs> so if you go to the Art of Brilliance website, actually, artofbrilliance.co.uk, yeah. um, and you go onto their shop, and it will be there, and their signed copies come from them. So that is, uh, yeah, a good place to go. Um, obviously, good old Amazon have got them as well, um, and most online bookstores. Am I supposed to say that? Yeah, and when yes, books yeah. reopen, so and support your local bookshops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that honestly. Um, there, right? for, for, for people listening that don't understand, there are ways you can do deals with distributors so the book can be out in local bookstores, but they might need a few days to order it in. It's as easy as that. You can go into the bookstore and ask for a girl's guide to being fearless and they will get it for you. Um, yeah, we, me and Jesse are the same. We're all up for lo local bookstores if they want to get the book in. Um, but yeah, okay, so we can get signed copies from The Art of Brilliance. That's right. Yeah, artofbrilliance.co.uk, good place to go. But courses, so we, I mean, we run them all the time. And of course, for the past year, Schools have been trying to find their bum from their elbow. <laughs> so I haven't been in many schools um, and it's still kind of the case, although I'm getting booked up now to do it. Um, and we're thinking about running summer schools and all sorts of stuff. So all of that kind of thing, uh, anything that pops up in terms of summer schools and um, easy access uh, or general access courses will all come up on the website. I, I will say to you, and, and I hope Jesse will give me a nod in a minute, but one of our other guests, uh, Mr. Dom Fenton, um, he helps stop kids going down the suicidal route by using sport as a way to gain confidence. And, and he's brilliant at it. And some of the stuff he's doing, I'll probably put you two in touch with each other because I would lay a bet you could help each other a lot. Oh, um, cool. but, oh, that would be wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. You're, you're marvellous at doing that. Brilliant connector brilliant. that you are. <laughs> I try. I try. Fingers crossed it works out for some people. Okay, so tell me about the art of brilliance then, because because this is something that I know you're doing trainings and workshops and you you speak at events now as well. Okay, so what are you trying to get? If I put you in in front of an audience of business people, um, and this is things that I've had to do with the mental theft stuff, 
So if I put you in front of an audience of business owners or managers, what are we doing there? Because mm -hmm. you've just got yourself known for a book that's like you said, for 11 plus. Okay. Yeah. So what do I get as a business owner if I sit in front of the, the amazing Susie and she yeah. talks to me for it? Darling. So I was with uh, Art of Brilliance or doing various talks uh, through them or under their umbrella, I guess you would put it, uh, for a few years. So when I stopped acting, I got a corporate job because I wanted a family and you need money for that. <laughs> so I got a corporate job. I know. Dash. Darn it. Um, so we uh, so I just worked at a very, very, I was going to say basic, but actually at that point in my life, I thought it was the end of the world. Stopping acting was horrible, but it turned out to be a really interesting time. Uh, so I got a job at a, a corporate office and the Art of Brilliance came in to do one of our conferences and they blew the roof off the place. So they delivered one of their core sort of sessions for two hours and it was called The Art of Being Brilliant. So, and it's not, wasn't about, you know, how to grin inanely at people as you cartwheel past them, but it was about how to be your best self more often, you know? So, and, and it was, it was humorous. It was, uh, it was loads of fun and it was interactive and fabulous. And the guy who delivered it, I kept in touch with him. And I said, just very flippantly, at the end of the session, one day I want to work for you or with you. And he got in touch about two years later. And he said, Susie, the trainers are all guys of a certain age. And we're finding that the age group we're not resonating with are teenage girls. Can you write something? And so I'm still working. I just had my first child. So in the evenings, I was writing this course. And it was to do with self-esteem and confidence. Um, loads of stuff in there, st some stuff that didn't land, others did. And I piloted it at my husband's school and it kind of grew from there. Um, but as a kind of, not as a side, but alongside that, I then learned how to deliver some of their other sessions, The Art of Being Brilliant being one. I've just written uh, a workshop that's been going for about six months about how to thrive while working from home. Another one about how to deliver online sessions. So fearless public speaking. Uh, so yeah, the menu's growing, Paul. So when it comes to uh, standing in front of business people, it's all of those things, all of the above. And the Girl's Guide to Being Fearless, I have aged up and gender neutralized. And it's become a session called How to Find Your Brave, which is the, uh, which is the subtitle of the book. So basically, again, all about self-esteem, all about confidence, but yeah. for all ages and all genders. Mate, I'm so glad you said that because I, I looked at the book and I looked at the reviews and I'm, I'm trying to gain what, what readers are feeling about it. And I was sat there going, Susie, adults need this. I mean, I mean, so many people in the business world that need your help. And, and I think some of them wouldn't pick up the book because they thought it wasn't aimed at them. So you've just made a, a dodgy magician very happy. I love that. I love that for this. Okay. Um, I did know you work with a guy called Andy Cope as well. Yes. Oh, yes. I've got to say that. Get that in there. So Andy was my co-author. Um, and he, Andy is the founder of uh, The Art of Brilliance. Oh, he's that guy that you kept in touch with? Yeah, well, so Andy Whitaker. There's two Andys. Andy, Dr. Andy Cope, who is, I think... 
I'm right in saying that he got the first PhD in positive psychology in the UK. Um, so Loughborough University was there for about 12 years. Jokes, it was the longest anyone has ever spent doing a PhD. Um, so not really an academic, um, but just a brilliant, brilliant speaker, trainer, author. And we co-wrote the book together. Yeah, but yeah. with my voice so and I don't know whether it was because Andy is such a flexible writer or because I have been so influenced by his books in the past he's written uh, The Art of Being Brilliant and a yeah. series of other stuff the Multiplier Effect he's also a children's author and he's I mean the first time I ever put picked up his book and it was one of the reasons I kept in touch with the company was because it was a development book but written in the kind of way that I would like to be spoken to so really jovial, very colloquial. I mean, so witty, so witty, incredibly intelligent, but just so he always says that he removes all the big words <laughs> and just talks to you like he would a friend. And that's my style. So we kind of blended together really nicely. Uh, so yeah, he's just a fabulous, fabulous. And he's, he's opened so many doors, the whole book deal. And Paul, you'll know, right, as a, as a performer, I've been so used to knocking on doors and, you know, having them slam shut in my face. And having to work and work and work for an opportunity and this one kind of landed at my feet and it took me a while to get my head around that so yeah it, uh, the publishing deal happened very back to the front but oh my gosh i'm so thankful for it but this because we we self-published right okay yeah and i honestly thought it wouldn't work and i told jesse that it wouldn't work and when the world collapsed and we couldn't save money to to publish the book um he kind of gave me a kick and said we can do a crowdfunder and this would work and I was like no and other people kicked me and then somebody got in touch with crowdfunder and they got in touch with me and it all went it, it just kind of went backwards it went the wrong way around and it went to the point of well if I don't do it now I'd be stupid right and, and this is the, the thing Paul is that those opportunities happen because of all the work you put in right up until yeah. that point and so yeah. when doors do open easily and you have to, I mean, I was really not struggling with it, but kind of just going, people were coming up to me saying, how did you get a publishing deal? And I couldn't answer. I didn't have, I, I, I had no advice for them. And then one of my friends sort of gave me a very um, gentle slap. And she said, Susie, this is, this is the culmination of years and years and years of work. It's just a door that opened you didn't expect to open. So Paul, in the same way, you know, that opportunity happened because you've been working your butt off for the amount of years that you have been. Right, as a, as a bit of an aside, okay, this is just something I want to ask your opinion on. Do you still find it weird when somebody asks for a signature in a copy? Oh, I, I'm inwardly crying with laughter. Like, yeah, it's so, so strange. It's so strange. I mean, it doesn't happen at loads, um, but, you know, I had to sit there signing sort of 300 copies originally. Um, people do get in touch saying, you know, can you get one for a friend? So it is very, very weird. Very weird. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of have to remind yourself that, you have come from where you come from and this is literally yeah. just it's just a nice touch isn't it for someone when they open a book that's it yeah, uh, but yeah it's and funny and, and you know what if that makes that book more special for them then I'm happy to do it but I still find it weird 
still very weird I think for me what's lovely is being able to as you said write the personal notes when a mum or a dad has got in touch saying look can you this is what my, my daughter's going through at the moment can you sign a copy and I'll always make sure I gleam little bits of what the mum or dad has told me or the auntie or whoever gets in touch and write something that will be really special and meaningful for them and as you said it might just come at exactly the right time um, and and literally as you alluded to a little while ago um, with the fabulous guys at Dom what he's doing right now and the things that he, I mean, I, I can't think of higher work, like, like a better way to serve people is that we have to remember the power of our words. And you can just with one conversation, save someone in a moment. I'm not saying I'm going around saving people. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that, you know, some of the responses that I've had back of people saying, you know, literally, you know, the past year has been horrendous or I've been in a really dark place. And it's just given me some solace and being able to just pick out gems from it and just remind myself it's given me the strength to go through the day or whatever. That's when it kind of, you know, I can just, I'll die happy. <laughs> I just will, you know. And, and just picking out gems in your own life, okay, that just to me, uh, how can I put this? It's spot on, but it hurts that it's spot on. Okay, because nobody should be comparing themselves to anyone else, I don't think. And if your priority is to be driving that Ferrari and you can't afford that Ferrari, you're just going to keep putting yourself down. However, if you can just look at some of the amazing things that have happened in your life and go, actually, I've got this. This is good. I, I think the world would be just as much happier and nicer and calmer place mm, absolutely i think um there's too much of when i first had the idea for the workshop people were telling me that i was delusional i i got that quite bluntly from a few people you know that this is this is just who would listen who would really? listen teenage girls don't need to hear this stuff or they're not going to listen to it and my response to that would be it, it is a hard message to land to tell someone when they're going through everything they're going through and all the noise and all the comparisons and you know before you show yourself to anyone you must edit you've got a pout you've got a filter this is the the message that I think so many people are getting yes it's it's happening for for guys and boys and, and young men as well but for girls I think the predominant message is do not show up as you do anything you can to not show up as you. Edit, filter, trick the light, pose, but do not show up as you. And my, so the book, I guess, is my, and and Andy's and a few, whoever else was involved in uh, getting it out there. It was our attempt at, at diluting the message. We're never going to cancel it out. We're never going to cancel out. You've got to compare yourself to this glitzy life over there. And you've got to be more like this girl. But what we can do is flood them in the other direction full of positive messages saying, you know, anyone can look fierce. You own your space, own it unapologetically. And there is a U-shaped hole in the world. And you are here to fill it. Yeah. Um, and you are spectacular exactly as you are so we have to you are the only perfect to fill that space yes yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it spot on spot on mate i seriously thank you so much for coming on susie this has been absolutely awesome i've got so many things going through my head it's unbelievable um do you know what this i've, I've got the little goosebumps thing when i know we're going to get shed loads of feedback on an episode 
okay? Because I know this is just going to hit so many people smack in the face and they're just going to go, we need our help. Um, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. Right. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the last scary question. And there's a reason I'm going to ask you this now, because there's something I want to say, but I, it might trip over your nugget and I don't want to say anything. So this show started because I literally pointed a camera at me and I started giving nuggets of information to help people. And the names carried on. The Newton's Nuggets thing has carried on. So now what I do is I ask every single guest for a small nugget of information that they think will help everyone that listens. So, Susie, what's your nugget? Okay. The, I think the biggest thing that's helped me, just to remember and keep in my mind always, is to remember that you deserve to be in every single room you walk into every single room, you are as deserving to be there as the next person. And that next person might be a global superstar, they might be a world leader, they might be a, a member of the royal family. You are their equal, they are yours, end of story. I love that, I love that. Because we have both worked in a world where there are certain people who think they're above others. And the For truth sure. is, they're not. We're all no, human beings yeah. going through this weird journey. I think that's one thing, isn't it? If you just do that little mantra, I am better than no one, no one is better than me. And if we all walked around with that in our head, the world would be a pretty joyous place. Wouldn't it? Do you know what? If we could all just walk around and, and just admit that actually all we want is a cuddle from our mates. <laughs> now more than ever. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> for those of you listening Susie just tried to cuddle me through the laptops it, it's mate seriously I cannot wait for the time that we're actually allowed to meet up properly again and and you are getting one of the biggest Paulie hugs ever yes and do you know what art of brilliance did you know this it takes seven seconds for a proper hug like for the love to actually transfer don't count out loud when you're cuddling someone, though, because it kills that's it. just weird. That's yeah, that's just weird, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're cuddling them and you go, one, <laughs> two, three. That's wrong. That is wrong, okay? All shows are wrong. Yeah, but you have a seven-second hug with your name on it, darling. You know, right, and I'm going to tell you something that my mum taught me now, okay? And I do this with my daughter, so I really hope she doesn't listen to this. I'm never the person that breaks the cuddle. I love that. That's, well, how lovely is that? If you, again, okay, so in that ear, say to yourself, I'm better than no one, no one is better than me. And in that ear, say to yourself, never be the person to break the cuddle. <laughs> now, after my mum taught me that, our cuddles were ridiculously long and just comical, but... <laughs> But they were amazing, okay? So my my daughter, whenever I'm allowed a dad cuddle, I, mate, it, it's bear hug and she stays. And it's her that has to make the choice of, that's enough now. Because I, she's never going to remember a time that dad broke away from a cuddle. It's not happening. Now, oh, Paul. Um, <sighs> something oh I wanted to say to you, and I, I kind of kept it quiet, and it was as soon as you mentioned social media, um, and this is kind of a freebie poorly nugget is don't compare yourself to people's social media. My God, people only put the best up there. They don't put the moments that they've tripped over on a street and fallen into a bush. They don't put the moments when they're worried about paying the bills. They, they never put that stuff up. Okay. 
please don't compare yourself to anyone's social media, including mine. I've got Jesse's my mate up there. He's really good at making me look good. Do not compare yourself to social media. It's not worth it. Um, Susie, I've taken up far too much of your time. I love you to bits. Thank you so much for being here, mate. Oh, every minute has been an absolute pleasure. Loads of love to you, darling. Loads of love. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gents, if you're still listening, thank you so much for being here. We're going to cut. We're going to go to some sponsor adverts. And then afterwards, we're going to have me and Jessie talking about Susie behind her back. And she won't get to hear it until the show actually goes out. So uh, this bit just amuses me, really. I love scaring the guests with this. Susie, thank you so much. Shout goodbye to everyone. Bye, darlings. Bye, 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 Paul. Bye, lovelies. Awesome. See you in a minute, guys. So this sponsor is actually one of our past guests. He's not been on here once. He's actually been on here twice. It's Keith Blakemore Noble. Now, he's currently running a special where he's going to help people to either quit smoking or to lose weight. So if you want to get in touch with him, and there's not many hypnotists that I recommend, go to keithblakemorenoble.com. That's K-E-I-T-H-B-L-A-K-E-M-O-R-E-N-O-B-L-E.com. Give him a shout. Tell him that I sent you. He's one of the nicest folks you could ever meet, and he's really good at what he does. Thanks a lot for sponsoring us, Keith. This is a quick message from our new sponsor, Phoenix Bookkeeping and Accountancy. Now, they do everything to do with accounts, from bookkeeping to management accounts, um, from budgets to business plans, from self-assessment for a one-man band, all the way up to VAT returns for the bigger boys. All you need to do is go to phoenixba.com to have a look at all of their services. That's P-H-O-E-N-I-X-B-A.com. And you know what? When you get in touch with them, ask to speak to Cara. It'll really annoy her that I said that. But they're lovely. Go and have a look at their website, see if they can help you in your business, and just have a chat with them. They're really nice people, really easy to get on with, and they'll help you out with whatever accountancy needs you have. Thanks a lot for sponsoring us, guys. Really means the world to me. Welcome back, everyone. See, I wasn't lying. She's lovely, isn't she? Um, to those of you who are watching on YouTube, you've even seen it in her eyes. She's just such a caring soul. Um, to those of you who are listening on the podcast, wherever you listen to it, I really hope you got through her voice how lovely Susie is. Seriously, I'm so chuffed that she has ended up in the position that she's in, which is being an author who is helping a shed load of people. Um, but Jesse, I just honestly get the feeling that the focus for her is to help people. And uh, Yeah, I and like genuinely as well. I know there's a lot of people who, there's a lot of businesses out there who are, you know, different types of, coaches and things like that and you see some of them and they're very you know it's how 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 many people can we hit because that's how much money we can make out of it yeah um and there's there's some of them that come just come across so much more genuine and actually what they're really worried about is how much how many people they can help um we had nikki on one of the early podcasts and she was the same nikki booton yeah yeah and uh and that's what I thought about when we listened to this is about how much 
somebody really cares about helping people more than anything else um the the business side of things almost is you know it's secondary to the, all of that really it it really is and seriously the stuff that she was talking about with us and you know, the the no two people being the same and and well the cuddles bit um susie knows that i give out cuddles okay yeah. If you've if you've known if you've met Paulie like three times, you're getting cuddled. Right. So what I laughed about this was because uh, I I I specifically wrote down you neither of you mentioned it. So I specifically uh, wrote down about the the weird barrier. Yeah. Um, and, th- and this is something because... me and you talked about when Susie wasn't there later. Yeah. So now because she I think was it seven or nine seconds? It was such a long time ago that we recorded this. Yeah. I think it was seven. I think it seconds, was seven it? seconds is the amount of so, time to give all of the love and affection across in a cuddle or a hug. Yeah. yeah. So most people they might not know this um consciously, but if you think about it, most people, if you have a three second hug with someone, so I'm not talking about your partner, but if you just go up to somebody and go, Oh hi and give a, a hug they basically talk about, well, if it's at one second, it feels too short. It's almost uncomfortably short. And if it's five seconds, it it's getting uncomfortably long by five seconds. But so they say about three seconds is the, the comfortable hug length. Right. Psycho- psychology. And I know this is really weird, but you know me, I love a bit of science. You love a bit of weird um, as well. So carry on. I love a bit of carry weird on. as well. Now, I always love this because I'm quite happy... And I don't think we, because we spend most of our time, this is going to sound really odd, we spend most of our time together on the internet. <laughs> yes, we do. Especially this uh, Especially this last year. Um, but we're both quite huggy people. And we both quite like to extend the hug. <laughs> yeah, we do. And I, I will quite happily, not to the point that it makes somebody feel uncomfortable because there's, I, I don't want somebody to feel trapped. But what very often I'll go in for the hug and I know that at about three seconds they'll start to release. Yeah. And if I know there's somebody who'll be receptive to it, I'll just, I won't force them, but I will just sit there still. And then you get, you get that realisation of, oh, they're not just releasing from this hug. And they'll go back in for a second hug. And then you get the seven second hug where you start feeling the other person and you start sort of almost bonding. And I always love that because you just go through that uncomfortable barrier. And I know you do the same thing because you love just to go in for the extended hug as well. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm a hugger. I'm sorry. Um, I've got friends that are not huggers. Um, Some of them fear my hugs. Um. Some of them, there's one one guy in particular I'm thinking about who I will I will normally give his wife a cuddle when we're about to say goodbye or something, and then I look at him and he's like, oh, no, I know he's coming to get me. And this is a good <laughs> friend, okay? This is a good mate. And if it goes past the, the two, three seconds, you can feel him going, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so I obviously keep going. Um, there's, no, uh, there's, um, <laughs> there's other... Uh-oh. I had a guess. Yeah, I was yeah, wrong. Jesse has just <laughs> sent me a text guess at who that is. Nope, not him. <laughs> That's another story. Um, there's there's also other people in the same <laughs> similar circle of friends who are very blokey yep. blokes, and when they see me, they go, ah, cuddle, 
and, and we have massive cuddles. But there's also that, mm-hmm. oh, blokey. I'm not even sure if blokey is a word, but for today it is. There's also that blokey hug, isn't there? Where you kind of put put, put yourself near each other's chin and just pat back. You know the, yeah, we do. What I would call the sports hug. hug. Well done. The well done, mate. And move on. Must talk beer, football, barbecue, that kind of thing. (laughs) Whereas I'm going, oh, I might chip my nails. Don't know. Do you see what I mean? There's there's different types of hugs. Yay, sports. Types of friendships. And do you know what? She's, I swear, I, I haven't counted, but I think she's right. About seven seconds for the people that you really do love for them to actually appreciate the moment. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to buy the website called Seven Second Hugs. (laughs) I know that you probably will now. We both know I probably will. Um, Do you know what's going to happen? I'll forget. Somebody will listen to this and they'll go and buy it. (laughs) And they'll be like, oh, we put a picture of you up. What the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah, mate, she dropped some absolute blinders of information. She dropped some some knowledge that was just lovely. And please, go buy a book. I mean, go have a look at a book. If you can't afford to buy it, get it from a library. Borrow it from somewhere. If you really think it will help, we'll find a way for a corporate to pay for a load of them and we'll get them to you somehow. I don't know. I don't know, but if if you want one, message me. Um, if you want it signed by her, message me or message her. I don't mind. Yeah. So she said, if you because you can get it from Amazon, but I'll stick the link. I'll stick the link down um, into the um, to yeah, where I'm you brilliant. can get it from. So she talked about the art of brilliance, and you can get it from there. And you can stick the name of who you want it to be um can you because i only saw an option to get her co-writer's name andy so i'm we'll check we'll check if there's a way to get susie to check um i'm pretty sure that through the art of brilliance will be fine and just put a message in there saying can susie sign this please um i'm sure andy won't mind yeah or i've just created a massive argument between the two of them (laughs) i don't know i don't know So back to Susie. Something she said, um, which I loved, was I'm better than no one and no one is better than me. What a what a level yeah. playing field. Yeah, I see this is it's interesting, isn't it? Because there is I have uh, very interesting conversations with my other half and their family because they're all um they're all people who have all almost entirely worked for government jobs, police, ambulance, teaching, all of those sorts of things. And it's very funny because we often have this discussion over salaries and how some people get paid very high salaries. And they and they say, yeah. well, you know, how is how can you justify that? And I said, well, there's a commercial reason why that that is um that doesn't mean that somebody an individual's worth it per se it's just that somebody doing a job to that level 
has a commercial reason. You know, like footballers, for example. They, the football team can justify having the best footballers because of the commercial benefit that it brings to the football team. And so while yeah. it feels silly to be paying someone to play football that much more money than a nurse saving someone's life or, or what have you, the commercial... Yeah, the because com- the true value of those two different yeah. people massively weighs towards the person who's yeah, saving life. but the reality is that there's no... But it's the commercial value is nothing to do with the value of the person is essentially the point that I'm I'm making. Correct. And so when you look at someone, you know, whether it's somebody, a refuse collector coming around to clear your bins away, anybody who knows what it's like, you know, as if I would, I don't remember it, but I've seen the footage of when there was all the strikes and there weren't people coming and picking up the bins. You can see how important that job is. The, you know, it's got nothing to do with with your pay packet and you know there's this whole social yeah. status in there that i really don't understand because all everybody's important those jobs are all important that's why they're there in the first place it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing um and yeah i've just rambled on and on and on there <laughs> but i absolutely love that because i i think everybody is you know the the, the old-fashioned thing of having a different levels of class and different types of people I just don't understand it because people from any background um, can can be just as valuable as anybody else. Um, and I, lo- I love what she, the way that she talked about that. And I loved your jigsaw thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that made me really I, warm yeah. and fuzzy. And I'm not a warm and fuzzy type of person. <laughs> but, but again, right, us two are very different, but we meet in different places. Yeah. Um, and you know we're both very creative we're both very very uh, arty we both there's things that we really meet on and there's things that we are completely different yeah um and the 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 jigsaw thing i'm going to try and remember what was said no two Uh, people are the same shape but the world isn't whole without everyone yeah it's just (laughs) you know whoever you are whatever you're doing Okay, I care about you. I like you being here. I want to know that you're here and that you know what that you're happy. Yeah. And if there's any way that we can help you achieve that, tell us. Because something that something I would honestly hate. Okay, and I've I've lost friends through illnesses. I've lost friends through drugs. I've lost friends through accident. And I've lost friends through suicide. Okay. Honestly, do you think that if they'd contacted me and somehow let me know what they were going through, that I wouldn't have tried to help? Yeah. Seriously, all of you, whoever you are, whatever whatever you're doing right now, however you're listening to this or watching this, you're important, mate. Yeah. So, So we're here to help. And and if we're crap at it, we'll find somebody else that will be better. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I, I do you know what? Uh, For one interview, I think actually maybe we leave it on that sensible moment. Yeah, I know. I, I had a joke that was that right at the start of all of that, and 
I don't feel I can say it. So I think that's where we leave it. That was lovely. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Jesse. Everyone else, love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.